This is the Commission Church Online. Welcome to our podcast. We want to be a church who brings heaven on earth through the word of God and the love of Christ. I pray this week's message blesses you. I stand in reverence to the Holy God, to whom all praises and glory belongs. I cannot grasp the infinite wisdom and fathom the depth of his love. He is too marvelous for my words. He is too wonderful for comparison. He is too beautiful beyond description. He is too, he is like nothing I have ever seen or heard. And his name is Jesus. Greetings to you all in the precious name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to wish you all a happy Father's Day. And I'm so happy that when I stand here, when Jerry introduced to me, in few weeks I will be a grandfather. And I consider it as an honor and as a privilege. I want to thank the church for having me today. Thank you, elders of the church, for the decision to invite me to speak from the word. Thank you, pastors Ashish and Sonia, for your kindness, big heart, and your love for the kingdom of God. I pray that the Almighty will continue to bless your commitment and hard work, and bless you both and your three beautiful children, Michaela, Carissa, and Nora. I want to thank God uh, for Merrill's family and Jevin's family here today. My wife joins me to thank each and every one of you for your love and support for all our children, all four of our children, especially for the grand welcome you all gave to our grandson on that baby shower. Jerry Jr. or George Jr., whatever. <laughs> When pastor asked me to speak from the word, I didn't want to bring an old sermon. I, I, I prayed, I struggled, and I waited in the presence of God. I just want to hear from God and to bring you what the Lord wants you to hear today. The Lord had laid in my heart a message, and it's a short message. It's from, uh, the text is from the book of Luke, chapter 15, verse 11 through 24. And when you look at these words, this is a very familiar passage. I have preached from this passage several times. But the Lord had laid in my heart this time a totally different message. I never thought about that. But when you look at this uh, parable, Jesus' parable of the prodigal son, it's a classic story. It has been called the pair of the parables and the gospel within the gospel. In a story form, Jesus paints an unforgettable picture of a young man gone away from the presence of God. But finally he was convicted by God and he comes back, a great homecoming. So I would like you to stand with me if you would for the reading of the scripture. And it's taken from words 11 through all the way to 24 but I will be reading from verse 17. 
but when he came to his senses he said how many of my father's hired laborers have more than enough bread but i am dying here from hunger i will set out and go to my father and will say to him father i have sinned against heaven and against you i am no longer worthy to be called your son treat me as one of your hired laborers so he set out and came to his father but when he still a long way off his father saw him and felt compassion for him and ran and embraced him and kissed him and said son father and and the son said to his father father i have sinned against heaven and in your sight i am no longer worthy to be called your son but the father said to his slaves quickly bring the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet and bring the fatted calf slaughter it let's eat and celebrate for this son of mine was dead and has come to life again he was lost and has been found and they began to celebrate father god we thank you for this word bless this and bless us together in jesus name i pray may I please be seated the bible portrays every family as an emotional unit so on this father's day i don't want to make it exclusively for fathers i call it a family day because it's about fathers mothers children and grandchildren and great grandchildren in an emotional unit whatever happens to one person whether good or bad it will affect every other person so through the story of the prodigal son jesus unveils a true nature of god like every parent father and mother we have a loving and compassionate god who is very present in our lives no matter what we go through those of us who are fathers and mothers now parenting is not that easy it's all about rebellious kids both siblings tears of sadness tears of joy and sometimes all in the same day if you have a grown child you know how hard it is to bring that child to where he or she is now there might be times you thought you will never make it but you made it because the moment you thought of quitting the loving and compassionate god was present to inspire you to carry you and to bring you to where you are now because our god is a present help in times of need and trouble if you are looking at parents with little children for example our pastors they have three daughters you see both of them preaching running around helping people praying with all of you willing to do anything and everything but no one understands that there might be a dream that they cherish in their hearts 
all three of their children growing up as beautiful women graduating working getting married having children and they were all serving god i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure they talk about the dreams and they also talk about the struggles they must go through for the fulfillment of their dreams but then finally they conclude that this is beyond our wisdom and our strengths that is when they put their hands together bend their knees before god and say lord we don't know what is unfolding tomorrow then in tears they would say lord we don't know how to how to face tomorrow but we kneel down before you and our eyes are upon you o lord they do this by inviting jesus into their dreams things begin to change when the loving compassionate god fills their hearts with their presence their burden would be lifted up their hearts would be filled with amazing peace every father and mother who has a dream should look at how beautifully the apostle paul has portrayed a god-fearing family a family picture in the book of ephesians chapter 3 verse 14 and 15 for this reason for this reason i bend my knees before the father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name if you have a dream i encourage you to kneel before god and invite him into your dream if you don't have a dream pray for a dream and then invite god into your dream i just want you before i move on i just want to show you a video and an a few words about video then i will come back i want to show you an action packed drama about a christian high school football coach named grant his team was failing big on a losing streak and he was spitting an imminent firing from his position as coach this is not the only problem grant faces his home has a leaking roof his appliances are breaking down and his car is an unreliable embarrassment then crushingly he learns that he is the reason that his wife cannot become pregnant suffering intense turmoil he spent an entire night in god's presence next day he came out with faith and courage to battle the giants of fear and failure watch the video then i will come back
if I knew we could beat them. Come here, Brock. You too, Jeremy. What, am I in trouble now? Not yet. I want to see you do the death crawl again, except I want to see your absolute best. <laughs> what, you want me to go to the 30? I think you can go to the 50. The 50? I can go to the 50 if nobody's on my back. I think you can do it with Jeremy on your back. But even if you can, I want you to promise me you're going to do your best. All right. Your best. Okay. You're going to give me your best. I'm going to give you my best. All right, one more thing. I want you to do it blindfolded. Why? Because I want you to give it up at a certain point when you can go further. Get down. Jeremy, get on his back.
most influential player on this team. If you walk around defeated, so will they. Oh, tell me you can't do any more than what I've been seeing. You just carried a 140-pound man across this whole field on your arm. Brock, we need you. God's gifted you with the ability of leadership. Don't waste it. Can I count on you? Yes. Coach Grant inspired his team to win the rest of the games, enter the playoffs, and win the state championship. After the winning game, Grant tells his players that there is not, they are not inferior to, lacking in ability, and nothing is impossible with God. Later that night, his wife reveals that she is finally pregnant causing Grant to break down in tears of joy. They were blessed with a young son, and two years later it was revealed that they had another child on the way. And in the inner room, Coach Grant's team won a second state title. Things began to turn around when the loving, compassionate, and ever-present God began to dominate Coach Grant's world. Coach Grant heard Jesus saying, Come to me, those who labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. Coach Grant heard Jesus saying, I will never leave you, nor forsake you. Coach Grant heard Jesus saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. The title of my sermon today is, Who Dominates Your World? Because Jesus dominated Coach Grant's world, Everything became the way it became. Who dominates your world? That's the title of my sermon today. The Bible confronts anyone who approaches it on four levels. First, we see a picture. The Bible presents us with a picture. We hear a story. We see the scene. We can often imagine the setting. We get a picture. That's what we initially get. Second, we see a window. If we stick with the Bible long enough, the picture turns into a window. We begin to see beyond the surface. We look through the story, no longer just see the picture. It forces us to see the world in a totally new, different light. Now the picture has turned into a window. Then third, if we are persistent and sometimes when we, when we least expect it, the picture that becomes a window, suddenly turns into a mirror. And now we see a mirror. Fourth, we see ourselves. The story is no longer about some historical character or events in a distant land. The story in the picture that becomes a window, that becomes a mirror, is our story. It's your story. It's my story. Much of the Bible really is about you and me. It's about us. If you look at it from the distance and see it as a picture, it doesn't mean anything to us. But as you hang in there, you will see a window. As you stick with that, you will see the mirror. When you see the mirror, you will see the real picture. 
and that mirror is Jesus Christ the son of the living god when you look at him close by you will see who you are where you are where you want to become remember the words of the father who said look at the son this world has filled with the friends then the uncontrolled life but when all his resources ran out his friends left him he was at the end of the rope but look at the heartbeat of a father whose son has gone away from him there may be times their father and mother said to themselves we would rather quit because he is already dead look at this uh, video they were about to quit but the coach who was met with the power of god kept on improving kept on uh, reminding the, uh, the 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 person keep going keep going don't quit remember the words of the father who said this son of mine was dead but jesus dominated his world i am pretty sure they heard jesus saying don't quit stay with me i got you covered those words would have strengthened their faith to fight the giants of fear and failure they fought the giants of fear and failure bending their knees before the one who dominated their world i invite you look at how beautifully jesus had painted the state of mind of this young man when he was at the end of his rope jesus said he came to his senses if you look at the picture you will not get the meaning but how beautifully our master our savior has painted the state of a mind the mind of a of a young man who lost everything in his life who was at the end of his rope let me tell you the way i understand it when his wisdom failed when his strategy failed when his world well dream world began to collapse invited jesus into his dark world and from that moment things began to change things began to unfold from that moment jesus began to dominate his world when jesus dominated his world everything changed what did he do first look at him he repented repentance repentance in greek is metanoia a transformative change of the heart you can be anywhere in your life we can do anything in our life but when we are convicted by the presence of god with the love of god there will be a transformative effect in our hearts that is called metanoia in hebrew it is called teshuva literally means return as it turning back to something you have strayed he confessed his sins meaning he agreed with god god i was wrong and you are right have you experienced in your life lord i was wrong but you are right he is always right now he begins to experience the captivating love of his father he could see the heart of his father a broken grieving a, a longing father who is embrace, loving to embrace him and that amazing love of his father began to captivate his heart 
God hates sin, but he loves sinners. As people of God, we are called to engage people, not to reject people. We are called to talk to people, but not to, but not to love sin, but love the sinners. I remember one time in my pastoral care I'm doing as a chaplain, I visited a, a 60-year-old, probably more than 60. Uh, he was a veteran. One of his uh, leg was amputated and five of his fingers were cut off. He was an atheist. Usually when we are doing 14 hours of job uh, duty at the end of 12 hours, what would you want to do? You want to go home. You want to say, it's enough, it's enough, I'm going home. But in the last uh, tiresome moments of, of my hours, duty hours, I entered this romance room. And I asked him, what can I do for you? He, he talked to me for about an hour why he don't believe in God. But God gave me the grace and patience to sit down and listen to him. You know, we can sit down sometimes, we don't want to hear, we can sit back and close our legs, you can talk, whatever, go ahead. But you know, something in my heart took me to his heart. I leaned on him. My posture showed that I am interested to hear, listen, and he kept on talking about why he don't believe God, who I am and what I believe. And at the end of an hour, one hour talking, I saw tears coming off out of his eyes. I saw his heart. And then he asked me, Chaplain, what do you believe? Can you tell me why do you believe what you believe? Then in 10 minutes I told him what I believe. And I told him, why do I believe what I believe? You know, that day ended with a man committing his life before Christ. Because I showed patience. God gave me, gave me the grace to show patience to listen to that man. My dear friend, this morning I want to tell you why would we welcome Jesus into our lives? There are three things that I want to tell you about. Why would we welcome Jesus to dominate our world? And of course we are Christians. We worship God. We serve God. That's not what I'm talking. I'm talking about seeing Jesus as a mirror where we can see ourselves in front of Jesus. I'm not talking about seeing a picture from distance. I'm not talking about seeing him through a window. I'm talking about seeing Jesus as a mirror where we can see ourselves. And every moment we see Jesus as a mirror, we are seeing ourselves. We see where we are. We see our desperate situation. We can hear the voice of God hanging in there. I got you covered. Don't quit. He's a loving God. There are four types of love that I want to share. Eros, it's a passionate love represents for procreation and expansion. And the second one is pragma, which represents long-lasting commitment between husband and wife. Then the third one is philia. It's a brotherly love represented at Church of Philadelphia in the book of Revelation. The most respectful form of love in the hearts of people living 
and the fourth one is agape that is godly love it doesn't originate from man it originates from god it emanates from the hearts of god it comes through the world and it captures our hearts and the apostle john who sensed the heart speeds of jesus christ wrote about this love in first john chapter 4 verse 9 by this the love of god was revealed in us that god has sent his only son into the world so that we may live through him when jesus when the apostle paul was captivated by the agape love he wrote in romans chapter 5 verse 5 the love of god has been poured out into our hearts through the holy spirit given to us the holy spirit tastes the love of god and it brings into our heart and we are sealed by the holy spirit of god with the power with the love and with strength that's when we experience the love of god if you read the love of god we don't understand it if we hear the love of god we don't understand it when the holy spirit tastes the love of god from the heart of god and plants in our hearts and when we begin to experience we would say oh this is the love of god when jesus dominates our world the agape love will captivate our hearts the second one is a compassionate god the word compassion means suffer together apostle luke passionately portrayed the last words of jesus in luke 23 verse 45 and 46 Look at this. Don't just read it as a word. Read it as a mirror because the sun stopped shining and the veil of the temple was torn into two. And Jesus crying out with a loud voice said, "Father, unto your hands I entrust my spirit." Then having said this he died. And that was the last word. statement that we ever heard from the cross in the most invitational way the writer of the book of hebrews presented the compassionate love nature of jesus in the book of hebrews chapter 4 verse 16 therefore therefore he suffered for you he took your pain he took your burdens he took your pains he took your brokenness i went to the cross he nailed it on the cross and he nullified the powers of darkness and he released you and me given you the sonship therefore let us approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace for help at the time of our need at the time of our need there is a loving there is a compassionate god so don't quit just hanging in there he got you covered he is waiting he is working and jesus dominate your world we will hear the compassionate cry on the cross of calvary he is a present in god in times of need he is immanuel he is god with us 
our friends have limitations church has limitations pastors have limitations even our own family members have limitations but jesus the one whom we worship today the one that i am preaching to you today he never had or will never ever have any limitations look at what the writer of the pentateuch the first five books of the bible said in deuteronomy chapter 31 verse 8 this is how moses when he was captivated by the love and compassion of god he wrote like this and the lord is the one who is going ahead of you he will be with you he will not desert you or abandon you do not fear or do not be dismayed my dear friends brothers and sisters is a loving god is a compassionate god is ever present in times of need and jesus dominates our world we will begin to experience his unending presence i want to tell you today simply because you fail doesn't mean that god is done with you at he is not he will never ever be can you imagine the scarlet woman rahab and the and the moabite woman ruth becoming great great grandmothers of jesus christ can you imagine jesus was not ashamed to be born in the lineage of a murderer and an adulterer king david and he wasn't even ashamed to name his name along with this person in the book of revelation jesus claims i am the root and the offspring of david yes. the bright and the morning star jesus is the light of this world would you welcome him into your world this morning just want to invite you to the shores of the sea of tiberius when after jesus died after he rose from the dead simon peter said i'm going fishing and everyone said we are coming with you a desperate man will desperate others too but a powerful man will empower others too and in this case peter invited everyone they went for fishing and they fished all night they got nothing and when they failed they heard someone saying oh cast your net on the right side so peter and the rest of the disciples saw him just as a man telling him giving them some direction and they caught the fish the eyes were open john said the one who leaned on the heart of jesus said that's our lord then peter said lord he jumped down he, he saw the window he saw jesus he invited them for a breakfast while eating the breakfast he was still seeing the window then after the breakfast jesus took simon peter the one who rejected him to one side and asked simon do you love me second time he asked 
Simon, do you love me? Then he began to see the mirror. And in that mirror, when Jesus asked him third time, Simon, do you understand my love? Simon saw himself in that mirror. And at that point he broke down. He said, Lord, he couldn't hold that love because that love from the heart of Jesus entered the heart of Simon Peter and captivated him, embraced him. He couldn't hold it. That's what Apostle Paul said, the incredible power that comes to those who believe. Amen. My dear friends, brothers and sisters, we all had struggles in our life. I don't stand here as a superhero. No, I am not. Looking back to the 34 years of our family life, we had our dreams, we shared our hearts, we worked together to bring up our dream family. But we had challenges. At every step of our lives, we had our giants, our fears, our failures. But we never quit. We took those challenges, we took those giants to the Lord in prayer. Last month, my wife Christy, Javin and me, we went to Houston to bring my younger brother and family from Houston. They are here today. And Christy drove their car and Javin was driving the U-Haul and I was sitting next to him, relaxing. And I told him a, a story about another U-Haul drive. She happened 27 years ago in February. After we decided to move from Houston, we came to realize that we are expecting a new baby. Everyone that knows us told us 100 reasons why we should not move from Houston. I don't say Houston is a bad city. Every city is good. But does this matter where would we live, where would we stand in the heart of God? But we were overwhelmed by those reasons. We were certainly disappointed. But we heard, but as we prayed to the Lord, the Spirit of God strengthened us to fight the giants of fear and failure. While driving to Dallas, the jury is sitting in his baby seat and Jimmy in Christie's womb. We concluded that everything happened the way it happened is because Jesus dominated our world. He influenced our thoughts and inspired us to fight the giants of fear and failure. My dear brothers and sisters, now I cannot, I cannot go back because I have seen, experienced the love of Jesus Christ. And if I don't look back to those days, and in a few weeks I will be taking my grandson in my hands and praying. That's a great dream. That's a great dream. 
when apostle paul was captivated by this amazing love he said for neither death nor angels nor height nor depth nor principalities nor powers nor any other created thing shall be able to separate me from the love of god which is in christ jesus what shall separate you from the love of god is there anything in this world that can separate you from the love of our great great god and that love captivates your heart and that love inspires you nothing in this world is more important than god thank you for listening We love bringing you the word on so many different platforms. We are so thankful for what God is doing in and through us. We'd love for you to subscribe so you don't miss out and don't forget to share this message if it has blessed you.